Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. The title of today's episode is What You Focus On Expands. Now, I'm doing this episode because that is actually my chosen theme for the year. For 2021, I'm going to focus on what I focus on expands. Negative thinking will never make your life positive. Um, This taps into the universal law of the law of attraction. So we are going to get into a pretty in-depth discussion today about how what you focus on expands the law of perpetual transmutation. That's where we're going. So if what you focus on expands, I would say let's make darn sure we are focusing on things that we want to expand. Do you want your waistline to expand? Do you want your bills to expand? Do you want your ornery neighbor to spend more time staring over the fence? Do you want the effects of COVID to have more power in your life? No, no to all of those. Let's think about things we do want. What do you think of focusing on the things that you can do and not the things you can't do? And what do you think about focusing on your strengths rather than on your weaknesses? And how much more fun and productive is that? (laughs) What do you think about imagining your ideal life in all aspects and putting it out there to expand and come into being, focusing on that instead of maybe complaining and ruminating on the things that aren't going right in your life? If I focus on my ability to throw a great party and in giving people a place to connect, which is a strength of mine, rather than beating myself up over not being a great promoter personality, which is not a a gift. I'm more of a doer, not a promoter. One of these is productive. I'm focusing on something I do well versus focusing on something that I don't do well. The other one's destructive. So let's focus on what we want more of because that is how we get it. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. In 1847, Thomas Edison was born. He was easily distracted in school, and he didn't get good grades. Kids teased him, and teachers called him dim. He was from a poor family growing up, so he would find ways to make money to buy supplies for his lab, quote-unquote. That's what he calls it. (laughs) He actually started a newspaper in his teens, the Weekly Herald, and he knew how to focus Thomas Edison was known as the Wizard of Menlo Park, and his inventions were called Edison's Miracles. He could boast of over 1,000 inventions during his life. The phonograph, the electric lamp, the telegraph improvements, telephone work, batteries, to name only a few of the things that he worked on. Well, how did he do it? As I studied Thomas Edison's biography, I think focus, that one word, could be the word to best describe him. He was obsessed with his work and would sometimes work 100 hours a week, and he didn't sleep much. And while I don't advise this, just as an example, he left his wife on his wedding day to run to his lab and forgot to come back because of his focus on a project. Again, not recommending that, but certainly an example of focus. 
Thomas Edison created a life story that was rich in creation, rich in money. He was a millionaire at age 40, clear back in the 1800s, and he was rich in accomplishment. Now, he may not have had the best personal relationships, maybe not as rich there as he would have liked, because he didn't focus on those. But he had the life he had because of what he focused on, because he never let that focus on his lab or creations waver. Even when he had failed repeatedly, we all know that quote of his, it's results. I've got lots of results. I know 50,000 things that won't work. I share this as an example of focus. When we focus our time, our heart, our money, and our vision on a thing, we can all move mountains. But it's more than just hard work. So let's talk about the law of perpetual transmutation. As 2020 launched, I proclaimed that it was a year where I would study the laws of the universe. And I focused and got around to only one. (laughs) It was the first one in Leslie Householder's book, Hidden Treasures. And she gets hers from, she doesn't make up these universal laws. She has just written about them. But much of what I'll talk about regarding the laws, aside from my personal experiences and testing them out, come from the things that she teaches. So I highly recommend her work. And I did an interview with her on the podcast um, in 2020. So you can go back and listen to her directly, which is fantastic. So first of all, what is the law of perpetual transmutation? In a nutshell, it simply means that everything is in the process of either coming into physical form or breaking down and going out of it. The premise behind this law is one of creation. We actively create with our thoughts all the time. The things we focus on with real intent, belief, and consistency start to manifest and show up in our lives. There should be a big label stamped on our brains, a big red warning sign that says dangerous if used incorrectly. Because this works, whether it's good or bad, it is truly what we focus on will expand. Dr. Wayne Dyer, in his book, Wishes Fulfilled, says, quote, I've seen firsthand how virtually every wish or desire I've placed my attention on has transformed from a mental thought into an objective fact. Let's do a quick exercise. Look at your life right now. Whatever you have created, whatever you are dealing with, whatever you have, has been formed by your thoughts. Now, that's not to say that you have brought all of the circumstances into your life, but you have decided how to think about them and how much to let them bother or bolster you. If you look around and see lack and disappointment, let that be a sign that your thoughts get to shift to bring you something different. And if you look around and feel gratitude, happiness with your relationships, contentment with the things you have. Take full credit for that too. You have created that also. Let me share an example. If your relationships are lacking, take an internal audit of what you focus on in those relationships. If things are bad with a significant other, are you focusing on what they do wrong, on on what they don't bring to the table, on what they do that bothers you, on how you feel they fall short? If you do, justified as that may feel, those things will be the things you see and they will be the things you comment on and they will be the things that expand. 
If, on the other hand, you're focusing on what that person brings to the table and why you fell in love with them, the good things that they do, then that is what will expand in your world. You will see more of it. You will create a better synergy between you and the person because that's where your focus is. And then that support and focus on those things will will magnify. Let's pull in that famous car example. You know how it goes the minute you buy a make and model of a certain car, you see it everywhere. So if I buy a white Subaru, I'm going to see white Subarus everywhere after that because my experience of them expands. If I'm focusing, say, on my child and I'm frustrated because her grades aren't as good as her brother's, well, that is going to expand too. It's going to become something that is always on my mind. And then I make it always on her mind. And then it becomes something that defines her, something that takes root as a deficiency. If, on the other hand, I choose to focus on the classes she's getting the best grades in and praise her, then that is likely to expand. If I focus on her strengths, she'll feel loved and seek to expand those. That's just part of human nature and how we work. So have you ever heard of the book, As a Man Thinketh? I'm sure everyone has. It's this thin book by James Allen. He died clear back in 1912. It's old, but classic. And here's a quote from this small and easy read. He says, quote, man is made or unmade by himself. In the armory of thought, he forges the weapons by which he destroys himself. He also fashions the tools with which he builds for himself heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. By the right choice and true application of thought, man ascends to the divine perfection. By the abuse and wrong application of thought, he descends below the level of the beast. Between these two extremes are all the grades of character, and man is their maker and master. How fabulous is that? <laughs> of all the beautiful truths pertaining to the soul, which have been restored and brought to light in this age, none is more gladdening or fruitful of divine promise and confidence than this, that man is the master of thought, the molder of character, the maker and shaper of condition, environment, and destiny. As a being of power, intelligence, and love, and the Lord of his own thoughts, man holds the key to every situation and contains within himself that transforming and regenerative agency by which he may make himself what he wills, unquote. Let's get back to the law of perpetual transmutation, which says that everything is in the process of coming into physical form or going out of it. The power of our thoughts is what starts the formation of something. All things are created spiritually before they are created physically, and our thoughts begin the process of matter taking form into spiritual creation so that it can manifest physically. Just think, everything had to be thought of before it could be created. All things are made of thinking substance, intelligence, that begins to form as we call it forth. When we know how to tap into this law and how to use it, then we start learning to create intentionally, living our lives intentionally and fearless, right? So the power in this law, and I realize we're talking a real crash course here, so I hope you're focusing, but the power in this law comes from three main things. The first is you have to be able to very clearly see the finished goal, the project, the result. What does the problem look like solved? And once you've got that clearly in your head, 
hey, you've started to put it into a space of forming spiritually. The second, you must be able to pull an emotion because emotion is the power that imprints things in our subconscious and supercharges those thoughts. So what does the man or woman who's accomplished that feel like? Stay in that place and revel in those emotions. How good does it feel to have that accomplished goal? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What do you see? So you really imprint that on your brain. And the third step is that your faith or fear is the lever that sends the energy forward or backward. Picture something manifesting from the ether, right? It's taking form in front of you. And each time you truly believe it is coming, the thing becomes more solid in front of you. And each time you doubt, it moves backward and it becomes less tangible, more ethereal. When we feel fear, remember the scripture, quote, peace be still, be still and know that I am God. Another favorite that I like is, quote, 2 Timothy 1.7. I actually love this. This one's my favorite. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, how much does that scripture really tap into what we're talking about here? Get rid of the fear. Get rid of the lack of faith. He's giving us the spirit of power and a sound mind. Okay, for us, really, it comes back to trust in the law. Trust that this is a universal law and faith and things that we can't see, which of course is what faith is. Trust that the way before us will show up. And a famous word that we use in emotional intelligence training all the time is trust the process. Sometimes you can't see or know why things are working the way they are, but trust the process. It is important that you make the commitment to reach the goal, that you see it done. It is important that you move forward with faith. Again, let's bring in a few scriptures that back up the law. James 1, 6, ask in faith, nothing wavering. Matthew 21, 22, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, right? Having that faith, ye shall receive. And Enos 1, 15, whatever thing ye shall ask in faith, believing that ye shall receive in the name of Christ, ye shall receive it. Now, as I was focusing on this law for... 2020, there were some personal experiences that, you know, a law can can be a law, but if you don't use it, you don't try it out, how do you really learn about it? How does it become a way of being? So, of course, I had to test it. Well, since I've worked on understanding this, there have been a few things, so I'll share a few stories. This year, my son moved out, and I turned his room into my office, and I wanted to be thoughtful about placing only the minimum of what I needed and the exact right stuff in the office because I didn't want to clutter. Well, I don't like clutter anyway, but I didn't want it unsightly and I didn't want funky energy. And I was cleaning out an office that I had I had pretty much cluttered up. And so I just wanted to make this one so much cleaner. And I had everything finished, but I still needed a couch or a chair in the space across from my desk. So I, you know, I'm just throwing the thought around. Should I buy it or should I try to manifest it? I went shopping and I got ideas and I priced things and then I waited to see what would turn up and I looked at things on Facebook Marketplace and I had pictured it numerous times and I did have intent, but I still waited just in case it might appear 
<laughs> and, you know, wanted to test that out. So I, I was putting off actually buying it, waiting to see what might show up. Well, interestingly enough, it did show up and even better than I had expected. I found a couch or more accurately, a friend who I knew who knew that was look, I was looking for a couch, texted. She works at a storage facility where people are moving things in and out all the time. And she said, someone just cleaned out their unit and they left this perfect brown leather couch for the taking. If you don't want it, she threatened, I'm totally going to take it. And so, you know, I was iffy. I didn't know for sure if I'd take it or not, but I went down and looked at it and it turned out to be perfect for that little spot beneath my office window. It was exactly the right height, and the right length and the right color. It was very clean. I'm a clean freak. So that was important to me. And all I could do was say, thank you, angels and fun laws of the universe, (laughs) and put it out there that I need it. And it came together. I also think that I manifested my first podcast editor. I was in a coaching group and we had set an intention for finding someone to pick up the slack in the areas that I did not have confident skills in. And I imagined and prayed and knew that I desperately needed someone who could edit the podcast because that was not my skill set. And the next day, it was almost immediate. It's one of the most immediate manifestations I've ever had. But I was walking my dog when I ran into some beloved neighbors that I hadn't seen and talked to in some time only to find out that he was the cameraman for the BYU TV series Story Trek. And he was steeped in story at this time. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I found out that he knew how to edit audio. I went down and had some meetings with he and his wife. And they were very agreeable. And this kicked off a partnership that I will be forever grateful for. Matt Kerr was just such a dear in all that he gave to the show in helping create it, helping it come to pass, and making the show sound good. And that was just a gift. Finally, my last example here. I set a big goal this past year as I was testing the law, and it was a big financial goal. And I'm not comfortable with going into all the details around it, but here are some of the things I noticed. I set this really big goal that was like way, this was a big audacious goal. And I followed all of the steps as I laid them out for you. I could see it done. I could feel it. I, you know, I just really followed it to the T and I was, you know, grateful for it. That's a big part of it too. You be grateful for the fact that it's already done even before it is done because you go to that space of knowing that it's going to happen. Well, I didn't know how it would happen, but I put the wheels in motion And as Leslie Householder says, stay calm and see what happens. So as the year unfolded, I took every work opportunity that came to me. I serviced more real estate clients in 2020 than I had in my previous 13 years as a realtor. I got more professional writing jobs at higher paying rates than I'd ever had before. And I said daily gratitudes and I worked hard. I really did work hard. (laughs) And here's what I noticed. The first time, I think it was about in June, that I put down a major chunk of change toward this goal, I saw even more happen. So I saw all of these things and opportunities show up for reaching this goal, for making the money. But my willingness to put my own skin in the game toward my goal escalated what the universe was bringing to me. Now, I find this fascinating. I have no additional thoughts about it. It's just an observation that came up during my test of the law. And so I'll share it with you. Apparently, we have to be behind our own dreams and willing to do our part, and then other things come to us. 
Another thing that I noticed is that unexpected things came up. And not that they necessarily should have been unexpected, but in my case, I hadn't thought it all through. You know, I thought, oh, this is how much money I need. But as I had calculated the amounts I needed, I'd been looking at flat sums, but I didn't figure in taxes and I didn't figure in tithing that I paid in my church. And I didn't figure the baseline that I wanted to keep in my accounts and all of this other stuff. So there were unexpected things that also had to be taken into account as it went on. But I I bring this up because I think this is par for all courses. There will always be unexpected aspects of what we are manifesting. And we have to be open to how things will twist and turn along the way. In a nutshell, I have watched things large and small expand as I focus on it. And I suggest that you try it too. Um, Spoiler alert. (laughs) That financial goal that I set, I had tremendous success with it that year. And um, so grateful for all of the success that happened through that process. So I suggest and recommend that you try it also. As I close out this episode, let's just quickly go over the steps of manifesting through the universal law of transmutation. Now, remember this, universal laws are laws. The law of gravity works whether you believe it's going to or not. It does what it does. So do all the other laws. The law of perpetual transmutation will always work. Things will either come into being or go out of being according to your faith. So let's review. Step one, get a clear vision of what you want. Trust your instincts. Go all the way through the vision to what it feels like to have it done. And and even feel that gratitude for it, right? Step two, present it for approval, adjustment and direction to your higher power. The voice of inspiration will come only after you have a clear picture of what you seek and after you allow gratitude, true gratitude for what you received in enjoying that success. So just check in, make sure you're on the right path. And then step three, make any adjustments as you're inspired to do. What can I do? What do I need to leave to the universe? And then get ready to rock and roll. And step four, acknowledge the successful completion of that goal. Be very clear on what that looks like and feels like and tastes like. For with God as your partner, all things are possible. Nourish the seed with belief and with gratitude and all that you need will come to you. Do you notice how belief and gratitude are a part of like every step? Okay, step five, move forward each day. Stay in belief. Our thoughts are powerful. They do things. Our thoughts are bringing that out of nothingness and into being. Our thoughts do way more than we realize. And if you can picture what you want and believe it's on its way, by God's law, it must come. So keep discarding the fear and nurturing the belief and keeping that focus. In conclusion, I will end with a Tony Robbins quote. Your life is determined by what you focus on. Truth is truth, people. That's why we see it everywhere we turn. Your challenge for this week is to think of something, large or small, that you'd really like to have in your life and then apply the steps that we just talked about. Start small first if you want. Quick plug, in January, we launched the platform for group leaders to bring their groups to 
the Love Your Story 21 group challenges. And if you're a leader who believes in self-improvement for your team, group, or downline, and you need to create better connection with your people, let me help you out. We are set up and ready to book your 21 days to connection and improve performance with your team. So go to loveyourstorypodcast.com for more information on the details of that. And we will see you in two weeks.